I I think that with how it works and with their deal with EA, you might own them on PC already. Yeah. I know I own like I've already bought I think I have Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3 owned on PC. Like I did buy a copy of each of those. I think I got Mass Effect 2 on Steam and then Mass Effect 3 I got on uh Origin. Oh, sorry. It was Mass Effect 1 that I already own on PC. I guess I don't own Mass Effect 2. I am curious about what they meant when they said they revamped the gameplay for the first. They got uh, rid of the uh, of the Mako. No, that's probably what it's made gonna it, be. They actually made driving the Mako better. Like they they reoptimized the controls and, and everything. Yeah, yeah, and the way gunplay works, they kind of modified uh, that with gunplay and cover. Um, and we're gonna talk about this on the podcast because it's in my plans. Um, but with gunplay and cover, uh, one of the quotes from the developer was that like they were playing it and everything felt normal. Uh, it felt good, but it felt like pretty normal. And then they went back to play the original version and were suddenly like, "Oh God, this is terrible!" Like all the you changes are we've made. Super robot-y, my guy. Uh, like you're super choppy. Oh, I was red, but I, I don't know when. Sometimes it turns red, and you guys say I'm clear, and sometimes it's green, and you guys say I'm red. I know. It, I, well, it, 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 it's but... one of those things that takes time to really kick in. But um, anyway, they were playing it. They were having a good time, and then they went back to the original and uh, noticed that it was super jank. And so, oh, yeah, no, the original was terrible. Yeah. It's okay, but what I what I'm saying is just that it seems like they've done enough tweaks that it's easy to fall into. But if you compared it, you'd notice. Welcome to Gaming Casual, the gaming podcast where we talk about games casually. And as you can tell, this week we're going to be talking the Mass Effect release, re-release, Legendary Edition release. I don't know. I'm your host Sedge, and I'm joined by Control Freak. Howdy, folks, and Lightsaber Ninja. By the way, this is my favorite podcast yeah. on the Citadel. Hmm. <laughs> and Twilight, if she's still here. Yeah, I'm here. We're obviously talking a bit of the Mass Effect Legendary Edition release, which I'm just going to butt in before these two take back over. Uh, the Legendary Edition doesn't come with the game, and that's still bullshit. You mean the helmet for doesn't any... come with the game? Yeah. But it, it's what? it's the legendary. It comes with a steel book and everything. Yeah, it, it, like it is weird that it's like, oh yeah, buy this. It's the le- well, and they call it the legendary cash. Still, you think it would come with the bloody game? Where you have to download the game? No, it's not the the game is not included with it. Like, there's no That's version right. of the game included. Oh. oh. So it's just merch. Yeah. It's a helmet, a steel book case, some uh I, I do like the uh the canvas art prints. That's kind of cool. Steel book case for what? The game. 
to put it on your shelf. The game <laughs> doesn't come with. Yes. Yeah. So this is not the first time a game has done this. This, this is what it includes. Mass Effect Legendary Edition Metal Game Case. Game not included. One Morality Spinner Pin. One and seven Acceptance Letter. Two Canvas Art Prints. And uh, and then the helmet. Which is wearable. Yes. And it is a one-to-one -one scale. And it looks dope. Sure, but... What? Yeah. 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 No, I mean, like, that's, a lot of people that's are gonna the correct be saying response. That. A lot of people are going to say that. Hey, I thought this would come with the game. No, it says right there it doesn't. Then why would you call it the Legendary Edition? I mean, again, I, it, it, it's it's technically labeled as the Legendary Cash. It's not Legendary Edition. Although Steam has it labeled as Legendary Edition. So I, I kind of laugh about that but i think what steam has for legendary edition is actually something from their store page oh man wait a minute. oh wait i can buy this shit off steam never mind that yeah uh if i'm not mistaken i might because i yeah i, so I looked it up yeah it comes with the mass effect legendary edition in the bundle and then Mass Effect 3 and 7 Digital Deluxe Edition. Yeah, so the Mass Effect Legendary Edition is all three Mass Effects and all the DLC for 1 and 2, including, like, the pre-order bundles. No, no, 2 and 3. Or, yeah, 2 and 3, not 1. Uh, and Mass Effect 1 only had, like... I don't even remember what the DLC was in Mass Effect 1. Uh, Light and I talked about it earlier it's the um oh god light feel free to okay, jump in morning. here at any time yeah uh, thanks well i'm currently roboting because i was looking <laughs> something up i mean i i can you can google it fairly quick so i just mass effect one I was just, bring down no, the I sky and pinnacle station anyway, no hold on yeah apparently pinnacle station is written but it has a ton of Cerberus DLC. Like, there, there are a ton of Cerberus missions. It basically sets up Cerberus to be, like, so you know exactly how bad they are. For Mass Effect Apparently. 1? Yeah. I mean, there was only yeah. the, the two core DLCs, Bring Down and... Yeah, those those ones do kind of showcase what Cerberus did slash does. Yeah, like like you know through the the base game that Cerberus are humanity uh, supremacists, but um, knowing like how far their reach actually goes, that's like because I started with Mass Effect two, and I remember as I was playing, my brother was just like. Man, fuck the elusive man. Fuck Cerberus. And I was like, yeah, I know people don't like them. I know they're bad and whatnot, but eh, whatever. And it was because, like, I never got into Mass Effect 1 until well after the third one released and I had already played the shit out of it. Um, but he went balls deep in the first Mass Effect. 
Like it was why he bought a 360. And he played through all those missions and stuff. Um, and I, I found out here that this isn't just like, originally I thought that this was just a, uh, uh, like they cut it the way that they kind of cut everything. Like for all the decisions they've made so far, right? Mm-hmm. But apparently the code itself was corrupt. Like the actual source code. Oh, really? For Pinnacle? Yeah. For specifically for Pinnacle. And I also wanted to say that uh I got that from IGN. Um earlier this week when the Mass Effect news was able to drop, uh IGN released their article. I, I just wanted to bring this up because I thought it was kind of funny. Um I was able to get that uh, before I got my Game Informer this month. And Game Informer this month, their cover story is the Mass Effect rematch. And um, I read the IGN article and then I read the Game Informer article. And the IGN article about the Mass Effect remaster literally reads like a Cliff Notes version of the in-depth cover story in Game Informer. It contains the same quotes uh, and all the same information. It's just like a third as long. So I, really I kind of thought about, I kind of thought about that, and it might be one of those things like they were all in the same, like Zoom yeah. call with the with the leads. Well, like like I was saying, well, even then, it, it's not weird for them to use quotes from. It's not weird for one publication to use a quote from another publication. Uh, a lot of yeah. the news we get just regular is people thumbing up the articles nobody wants to pay for on New York Times or Washington Post. You know? Um, but, yeah, it was just a moment where it's so close that it's like, damn, either EA has, like, the, the marketing on lock for this right now, hardcore, or <laughs> somebody read that game informer and just quickly whipped up an article. It is genuinely that close. I'm not saying anything about IGN. I don't have anything against them. I mean, it could just, it could be a combination of it. Turns out yeah. IGN now owns Game Informer. I mean, they have a history uh, with hiring plagiarists on accident. Yeah, that's, that is factual. Yeah, one of, but... one of the things that I noted about the uh the legendary edition mass effect 3 does not have its multiplayer makes me sad yep because as much as people complained about it it wasn't actually that terrible i mean it was a standard like mini horde mode i don't remember how i did it but i had to uh <laughs> i had i had uh uh, I had to find a way to connect to the internet and have Xbox Live play a bare minimum of multiplayer for my galactic readiness. Oh, yeah, because half of it was the Only... game and then half of it was the multiplayer. Yeah. Only to find out that uh, the update that I got for it 
because thankfully I never had to deal with vanilla ME3. Um, I always had the director's cut. But only to find out that with that update that I had, you can reach the bare minimum for the best ending without multiplayer. Yep. And that was something that they had included but, after people complained. Yeah, but man, did I have my Xbox jury rigged in a window. <laughs> and that's one of those things. I feel like that was a thing that game companies were doing for a bit to try to force people to play multiplayer. Ham fisting multiplayer content. And then yeah, it was basically it to like oh, world to the campaign like Titanfall yeah. one. Yep. Or uh, uh oh god, I can't Brink. That's it. Yeah. Brink is the Brink is the game I'm thinking of. I enjoyed the movement mechanics of Brink, but yeah, the uh, the janky forced. You know, it was basically just all right. You're now playing a round of Counter Strike. I don't want to play yeah. Counter Strike. I just I wanted to play a shooter with my friends. Nope, you have to be online or play against bots with impossibly accurate AIs. Fuck. Yeah, you're fucked. Yep. And that was because I think they did have like a quote unquote difficulty slider, um, but it was either they are horribly incompetent or. They are the best goddamn shot in the entire universe. There is no in-between. They are somebody from Idiocracy or the goddamn Terminator. Yeah. That was that was the downside with Brink. Because I, I liked the, uh, the core concept with Brink and the movement mechanics were actually pretty fun. And then, yeah, the game just kind of... <laughs> So I'm pumped for this Mass Effect. Uh, I am disappointed that it's only going to run in compatibility mode for uh, current-gen consoles. I mean, I wouldn't expect them to pump out the 4K on the current-gen. Well, I mean, not that they couldn't, uh, but even beyond like a like a standard release, like an actual PS5, Xbox release, they could at least do, you know, a free update. So that it could take advantage of the actual consoles. It's just weird not to launch on current gen, and I know that it was probably delayed because of COVID, but... Um, I'm, also, I'm also disappointed that they were... Uh, like it's cool that you can skip the elevators. Um, why Thank include them anyway? God, it's cool that you can skip them. I never found them that annoying. But like, what about the little conversations that happen inside them? Hey Tally, do you remember the conversations we used to have on the elevator back at the Citadel? Mm -hmm. Tell me again about your immune system. I have a shotgun. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else got that dialogue block from... Uh, I think that one was in Mass Effect 2. As a callback have, for Mass Effect 1. I have played... Five... I have played a half hour of Mass Effect 2 and 3. Mass Effect was my Star Wars. 
I loved playing Mass Effect. I mean, I, I don't think I actually ended up 100%ing them all. But if I do end up picking this up, I'll probably try and 100% it. I mean, um, it's they also, worth they're, it. They're tweaking the minigame. So I just want to say, <laughs> both, both articles I read were like, this game exists somewhere between a remaster and a remake. I don't want to downplay the amount of work that developers are doing, but this is a remaster. Oh, yeah. I know that it's not, oh, yeah, we slapped a, a HD texture on it and called it a day. Or, you know, we allowed it to run at full res and called it a day. I get that. I get that it's more in-depth than that. I get that they're, you know, changing out models and, and textures and even tweaking gameplay when it comes to, like, the first game. And they're making certain changes so that all the games kind of flow and don't feel as different as they do. Um, but it, at the end of the day, it's still a remaster. Yeah. Uh... Uh, and I don't mean to keep flip-flopping between, like, shitty thing, good thing here. It's just as I remember it. Um, they did we say that there's a Switch the version. model for the sexy one from the later games. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down with that. Although I, I feel like she's one who didn't change much. Uh, they are finally solidifying Femship. So that she'll look like default femship, right? Show up. So she looks look closer to the box art. Yeah, cause they didn't do that until three. Yeah, <laughs> um, I remember the original femship looked drastically different from the expectation. The worst is one. Yeah, that that's what I mean. Was for <laughs> oh. in terms of original femship. <laughs> Yeah. Um but yeah, uh I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. Uh it's getting a switch release, so I hope to get it on there. Um and I can't wait to see what they come out with next. A uh retcon of Mass Effect Andromeda. <laughs> Which is kind of a shame. I have a friend who uh really loved Andromeda, even at its worst. And they have just been chomping at the bit to finish the story. Yeah. Too bad it's dead. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. they, they have they have said that they're not going to complete Andromeda's story. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, they EA closed down that studio. Yeah. Um, good thing they punished them for things that were out of their control. And let's be honest, they're probably mildly EA's fault. Oh, yeah. Frostbite has a lot to do with it. And then they stoked a rivalry between the two Bioware studios. And they released a survey which tied their hands on what they could and couldn't do. Because they originally wanted to make a prequel so that they didn't have to worry about the continuity yeah. about, you know, screwing over player choice and whatnot. And now we're just getting Mass Effect 4. Or whatever the new one's going to be called. You know what would be nice in the new one? The ability to pick your race. 
It would depend on where they're going with for four. If four is going to be, because they've dealt with the Reaper threat. So now it's kind of like, well, where do we go with this? Is it reestablishing the galaxy or do we go back like super forward into time? And, you know, it's a new, a whole new universe, so to speak. Or do they go back in time to like first contact? Yeah, I wouldn't mind a prequel around like the the, the first contact wars and stuff. Um, another thing is is just set concurrently during the Reaper threat, like a different tale. The planet was glassed. Ah, crap. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe your character isn't the messiah savior of the universe luke skywalker maybe you're playing din jarin i don't have enough understanding of star wars to know who din jarin is the mandalorian he's the mandalorian see i haven't actually watched mandalorian you should get on that yeah i don't want to plus so me i want to but yeah same reason Maybe we'll someday. talk about this after recording. Yeah, we'll talk about that after. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So. Yeah. New Mass Effect. I don't. Be fun. I don't have a good uh, segue for any of my other stories. Such so like. I. All right. Um. Stalling for time. How was Halo? I mean, we Halo. we just talked about Star Wars, so don't you? <laughs> yeah, oh, shit. Yeah, Way to fail on your own plans. Yeah, he wanted to talk to something about Kotor. Let's hear it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so Kotor two released on Android recently. Uh-huh. Uh huh. For anybody that's unaware, just putting that out there. Um, there is more to this than just that, but not a lot. Uh, anyway, they then announced that KOTOR 1 and 2 is coming to consoles and PC. Is it going to have all the missing content? Yeah, is it going to be a complete so, game? So I don't, like, I... Haha, we're talking about KOTOR 2. I want to point out, it has been completed, but did you know that that's not the fucking version that they slapped up on the Play Store? I'm not shocked. Which is why I brought it up, because, like, I will eventually have it, because I know I want to play it. But literally every review, good or bad, is like, this is a buggy mess. This is but, based um, on the original PC release. Oh. <laughs> but the uh, the version coming out, presumably... Uh, is uh, related to like the one coming out for consoles and PC is going to have the complete version of 2. Well that'll be good. That doesn't mean all restored content. I think that that's a mod. But it does mean at least bug fixes. I mean I'll take bug fixes as a bare minimum. (laughs) Yeah. Um and then that ties into the fact that uh, 
you know, there is another Knights of the Old Republic on the horizon. And so, like, anytime they're doing something like that, in the same way that Nintendo needs to already give us the Metroid Prime trilogy on Switch. Give me my Metroid! Uh, but, um, yeah, so KOTOR 1 and 2 are coming out. Well, that's, I mean, hey, more people get to experience it, so that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. I I also saw somebody refer to the next KOTOR as KOTOR 3. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they were just doing that as shorthand or if they have the connections to know that it is KOTOR 3 and not going to be what I was saying last week, uh, Knights of the High Republic. Hmm. But I do think, one, I think it's pretty hard to continue the story of Old Republic, especially from the MMO that came out, which was like as close to a KOTOR 3 as we were going to get. Um, well, except for the MMO technically takes place years upon years upon years later. Huh. Yeah, okay, I'm just going um, by what the internet was. No, one of the... Because uh, I, play, I played the MMO for, I want to say a fair bit, but the class that I had picked was, I think it was Sith Inquisitor, and their storyline actually takes you through... And you find Revan's mask as a item in the game. Like you can equip Revan's mask as a as an item. Um, so Revan was a thing, but they explicitly state it's like no, this is this is an artifact. This is from years upon years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they actually they they technically bring Revan back. I think in one of the DLCs, Revan returns. Um, but I'm fairly certain, like, it's a cryo thing, because that just makes it easier on them. Because when you have, Revan's mask is this ancient artifact, and then, but Revan's alive. Yeah, I'm um, presuming force fuckery or cryostasis. They brought uh, Revan and Darth Bane into Star Wars The Clone Wars briefly. Um, Wait, they brought Bane in? Huh. Yeah. Uh, Darth Bane and and Revan. Um, But, and they storyboarded it, which I don't know if you know how the storyboard works, but George Lucas was adamant that he didn't like drawn storyboards at some point during the prequel making. Hmm. And so it got to the point where they basically would have like a full-on show already directed every camera movement down as their quote-unquote storyboard. So they had the scene fully voiced and ready to go, and it just needed polish. Um, And it would have been part of the episode, but they cut it at the last minute. I guess very well. That seems strange. Yeah, he he appeared as a force ghost. And yes, uh, Revan is canonically male. Which is disappointing for me because the only attractive character I found was one uh, female uh, profile pick. Every other yeah, character. Yeah, I think in, in uh, yeah in sweater, he was canonically male. Sweater. 
that yeah that's what people called it what the the mmo they called it sweater yeah star wars the old republic yeah all right i mean fair it was sweater i don't know i i always liked the concept of revan as a character the character that walks between light and dark yeah like that that was his whole you know that's the whole thing with him yeah. Well, one of the one of the companions you can pick up in the first game, you meet this dude on Kashyyyk. <laughs> Former Jedi. Oh, hold on. He's slowly <laughs> dying now. Yep. The air has finally has started to oxidize his lungs. The only companion I remember from any Star Wars game is a robot that just kept calling everybody meatbags. HK forty yeah, seven. The best companion. Anyway. It's the companions that are always the best. Oh, yeah. The hell game was HK-47? The, the first he was KOTOR. In, yeah, he was in KOTOR 1 and 2. Apparently, I didn't play enough KOTOR. Yeah. Apparently, he's like a whole quest. Yeah, in the second one, there was a whole quest to actually get him as a uh, companion. You're not as hmm. bad as the other meat sacks. Oh, wait, wait, did you just call me a meat sack? Yes. Meat bag. Whatever. <laughs> I honestly like... thought you would... I thought you had confused someone for Bender for a second. <laughs> Which but, I would... Um... My uh -huh. immediate thought was, my secondary thought was also, huh, that actually would be pretty funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's this guy you meet on Kashyyyk, former Jedi, and uh, as you talk to him, you learn that he's a gray Jedi. And between that and the fact that, like, uh, shit, what's Samuel Jackson's character's name? Mace Windu? Mace Windu. Yeah. Mace Windu is the only uh, Jedi Master to use both a purple lightsaber and uh, a specific form of lightsaber combat. The form that he uses is a, uh, a very aggressive stance. And it's usually more for dark side users. Um, but he would walk like uh he he was never anything close to dark side but he would walk that line and then the the guy that you pick up on Kashyyyk the more you talk to him the more he keeps talking about the gray jedi and it it all flowed so well that by the time episode 7 came out or 8 i i was convinced that that's where star wars was headed it would have made sense when they said when they announced that the title was The Rise of Skywalker and everybody was theorizing what that meant and a lot of people took a lazy way of being like, oh, it means X, and it turned out that that was the truth. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, I see what they're doing. Clearly, it's going to be Rey and Kylo and they're going to not be light side or dark side. They're going to be gray Jedi. They're making a new path. It's not even Jedi or Sith. They're Skywalker. 
that would have been a better overall story. Yep. Yeah. But alas, it is not the universe in which we live. Alas, Palpatine got his grubby little mitts on it. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> Palpatine, how are we going to make Rise of Skywalker better? Screw it. <laughs> what about the canon? Screw it. What about all the fans? Screw, Screw it. We can get more fans. Fuck you, Stormtrooper. We can get more fans. It, you know you know what's kind of funny is that Rise of Skywalker, a lot of the a lot of criticism was like the plot felt like a bad video game. It's just fetch quest after fetch quest after fetch quest. And then like for season two of Mandalorian, like God, this show's so good. It feels like a video game. He's going on fetch quest after fetch quest. The thing is, in regard to the I, I think like the you comparison kind of expect that in that, a series, not a movie. It reminds me of that scene from Super Troopers. Our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. His shenanigans are evil. Dangerous Jesus shenanigans. Mm -hmm. Dangerous and hurtful, not, which makes them not really something you expect from a movie. You expect that from a series. Yeah, and that—that's what I, the point I was going to pull on is: when you think of a movie, you think of a singular, <laughs> continuous story, not like segmented, interchangeable. The order doesn't actually matter because it all means nothing in the end. Whereas with a TV yeah. series, if each episode was its own little fetch quest. It doesn't matter that they're interchangeable because each one could just be watched on its own and still be enjoyed. Whereas with a movie, yeah. you you sit and you watch the whole thing and then you get to the end and you're like, what the fuck was the point of half of that? Yeah. <laughs> also, so that we don't get any hate from all three of our listeners. All um, the hate. Bring it on. Uh, I... I was being reductionist just to make my point. I, I will say that Mando is not as simple as just being a fetch quest. In fact, the bits that I thought felt, you know, meandering. When you binge it, the show, it flows perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be honest, that's how, let's be honest that's how most people enjoy a uh, series now, is just binge watch an entire season at once. Ah, uh, yes, the new season of my TV show is out. I will watch all the episodes in a day while sitting in my underwear on the couch. <laughs> and then wait a year for the next... What was that? A new season of Dragon Prince? I'll watch it all in a few hours and then pester all my friends to watch it. Excuse me, sir. Have you heard about our the new season of Dragon Quest? No. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I have. There actually is a new. There is a new Dragon Quest anime. Or Dragon Prince, not Dragon Quest. <laughs> yeah. Although I don't doubt Dragon, Dragon Quest anime is out there. Yeah, but there's there's a new one. It's supposed to be pretty good. Hmm. <clears throat> Took me three seasons uh, to get get him to watch Dragon Prince. Yes. Because the first two episodes of animation made me want to cry. I told you, you get so used when... to it. You get used to it. Your uh, eyes adjust. That, that's... You learn to ignore it. No, that's like people trying to tell me to. People say about when people try to tell me to play. 
certain video games. It's just like, no, no, after hour 20, that's when it starts getting good. I'm sorry, after hour what? Wait, you mean oh, Final yeah, that's Fantasy 13? Fi Final Fantasy yeah. 13. They're 30 minute episodes. <laughs> it's just after the first hour, your eyes adjust. You'll be fine. Your eyes adjust to the blaring nausea that you are uh, currently receiving. Oh, thanks. I mean, the animation gets better in later seasons, but yes, I admit the first season does have animation issues. Issues. I want to talk about Jesus. it. <laughs> oh, do you now? I really do. Well, go on then. Okay. Because the, the last two items that I have for today are just brief and I can cover them right before we finish recording, but I want to talk him. God, Hitman 3 looks so fucking I watched a, uh, well, not a, a, the demo that they put out, the High Rise in Dubai or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, I watched a gameplay trailer, of or, like, playthrough of that. I mean, it seems oh, like yeah. it seems like Hitman, but it is definitely yeah. gorgeous and interesting. The I'll only downside is it is Epic Store exclusive. Damn it, dude! Like you see my parentheses. Uh huh. You can still call it out. Let me get. <laughs> it flows well in conversation. But I wasn't getting to that part yet. <laughs> but I was because I have the Epic Store up. <laughs> Anyway, it's exclusive for a year, and that's extra shitty uh, because um, apparently you can currently import, you can sort of kind of import the second game's levels on Steam. You just can't play it. Wait. Say that again? What? I don't, I didn't dig enough into it because I don't have a PC, so I don't care. So you can, you're, well, you're basically saying that in the third game's engine, you can take the second game's levels and play them in that engine. That's what oh, it sounds like. Oh, I don't know like if you know said. this, but yeah, if you own the first two games, uh, you can import all the levels. You can play Hitman 1 through, like, the entire trilogy in Hitman 3. Interesting. Okay. Well, well, that's worth that, waiting the year for that, it to come out on Steam. That basically tells me that, that? that. Well, that basically tells me that they have not changed the coding for the levels and their engine, and they've just been upping like the graphics. No, they that's, which is that's all they did. No, they've made changes there. You can actually, Digital Foundry did the comparisons. And the fun thing is, is that there's something up with like, there's something up with the Hitman One levels where like you can't get them on the Epic Store, but then like you can't play the game, like you can't play Hitman Three on Steam. So there's like some weird fuckery there. But with the last game. If you owned Hitman 1, you could import all those levels as well. What you don't get is you don't get elusive targets. And in Hitman 3, you don't 
there's some sort of like personalized story missions that you can't play. I don't know. I wish I owned the game so I could speak with more confidence. Hmm. But it is kind of a cluster there. But the good news is they own it all. Another thing that I found out, this one, which probably is why they took the deal for the timed exclusive with Epic Store. Um, this game is not... Money. Yeah, this game is not published by anybody but IO Interactive. Hmm. It's it's also the best-selling Hitman game in history. Uh, it's one of the highest rated, even though there's only six levels. I'm sorry, what? There's only six levels. There's only six levels, and Hitman 3's been getting, like, 9 and 10. I remember Hitman, like, the the first reboot of the franchise, the first Hitman game, the one that released all episodically, getting crucified because of that. Yeah. Because of lack of content. So this game must have just a ton of stuff to do in those six levels. They announced the DLC for this game. Like, that there will be DLC. And it's the first time, like, they straight up came out and said, don't expect the DLC to be like what we did with 2, where they released, like, like two or three huge new places to explore. It's going to be more of, like, a remixed version of levels they already have. We remodeled this one portion of this one map. Yeah, we set it at a different time. We have NPCs on different routines. And it still sounds pretty great. It's it's nuts. But, yeah, um, I just want to say, for a company that literally was going to be folded... Uh, Hitman Absolution performed so poorly that Square Enix let IO go. And uh, IO had to stand on their own. They had to find a publishing partner. Or no, it wasn't Absolution. It was that response to the episodic nature of Hitman 2016. And people were so pissed about that. And it sold so poorly, even though Squeenix was the one that pushed them to do it that way. Remember, because they were going to release Final Fantasy VII that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, they still are. <laughs> well, now it's like, uh, here's part one, here's part two. They yeah. were originally going to be like, here's episode one, two, and slowly piecemeal it out. I probably would have stabbed, stabbed someone if they had decided to do that. For a game like that, yeah. that doesn't, like, that would be terrible. No, and and... I will say, as disappointed as I was with Hitman, at least the way they went about it was kind of cool. Like, I think of all of all games to be forced to be episodic, I think that they were the most fair of any company I've ever seen. You didn't, you didn't have to buy it piecemeal. You could pay for the whole game. You would get it. They had the elusive targets. Like, they kept up on that game so that you weren't bored between releases. 
Well, I mean, but, for a um, Hitman game, each mission is basically its own thing. So that would be fine yeah. for that. But like when you're making the comparison with Final Fantasy, it's like Final Fantasy is an RPG with oh, a yeah, no. continuing storyline until you get to like the quote unquote like end of disc or you know, end of game content. You can't do episodic with a game like that. Yeah. And the if if they would have done it, you know that it would have been like they would have done six little episodes until you get to that uh, mid-game twist, the end of, you know, part one. Um, and uh, and then people would have had to wait even longer for the rest of the episode. It would have been a disaster. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I think that they released Hitman was kind of a disaster. They didn't, wasn't something I wanted to do, but, but yeah. Uh, and then they struggled until Warner Brothers decided to uh, pick them up for a little bit. They just published the game, though. They didn't pick up the studio, sadly. Um, and then we got, you know, Hitman as a uh, as a complete disc version. And then they did Hitman 2. But for Hitman 3, IO made it and published it themselves. Hmm. And it it's their most successful. And they were able to get the Bond license, which... One of the stories I got coming up is tied to. I did not realize, but do you know how hard it is to get the Bond license right now? (laughs) No, because I've never looked into getting the Bond license. Yeah, apparently it's a clusterfuck. The rights are all tied up with Sony and Metro Goldenmeyer and the Broccoli Mm. Estate and the Fleming Estate. Or I guess that's the same thing. But yeah. Huh. And I then, just th- you you'd think it wouldn't be that hard though, because you know they wanna. It's like no, no, we must keep Bond relevant so we can keep making movies for another two decades. Well, yeah, the but who are they gonna estate, use for the next Bond? The Broccoli Estate also has a list of, um, like things that can and cannot happen in Bond media, which includes video games. And a lot of them are not inducive to making a video game. Such things such as... Bond can't die. Huh. But I died a lot playing Bond games. Yeah. Does he just get knocked out? Yes. I don't know. And then he wakes up... By bullets? He wakes up in the villain's lair later, strapped to a table, which he can conveniently escape from outside of their death trap. No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. I don't know. That that seems like a... I, I understand it, because, you know, you don't want to kill off James Bond. You but at the same time... I don't know. It seems like... It seems like in a lot of stuff he does, he should die. I mean, well, he that's just... Should, but he doesn't. That's what makes him a hero in a story. So it makes content. Story. Fun. Misogyny. That's James Bond. There would have, uh, if things went the way that, that we think that they should, there would have been four dead hobbits under that tree when them riders first came. Hmm. 
Maybe that would have also been an interesting story. No. That would have ended the story. That would have been a quick story. Sauron got the one ring back and then wrecked the shit out of everyone else. I don't know. That would be a chase to chase down the riders. But who would be chasing them? Yeah. Yeah. Gandalf would have been like, oh shit. Gandalf summons eagles out of nowhere. Gandalf was in prison at the time. He summons eagles out of nowhere. Also, that just reminds me of the meme that I saw the other day. Just Elrond going, Isildur, destroy it. No. Yeah, how about yes? Pushes him into the volcano, and everyone lived happily ever after. Except for Isildur. I mean, that would have fixed a lot of things. I mean, that would have made sense. It's like, huh, I know this thing is absolutely evil, and he picked it up, so he's probably being corrupted currently. Sorry, old friend. Were they even friends? No, no, they weren't. (laughs) I think the worst thing that would happen is there'd be a war between the humans and elves, and guess what? That'd still be better than what happened. It happened in the middle of a war. No one would have ever known. He'd have been like, yeah, he fought with Sauron, and they fell into into the fires of Mount Doom. He was a hero to us all. Never telling about his dark betrayal and how he had to shove him into lava. <laughs> I really it's like how Star better. Wars could have gone. I brought up Bond so that I could smoothly transition from Hitman to Goldeneye. Nope. Ain't gonna uh-huh. happen. <laughs> I shouldn't have made a Lord of the Rings reference around this group. <laughs> You can't make you any f- type of reference around us. Or at least that around control. Also, Why just me specifically? Because you're the one I that engages in the conversations for hours. Wow. I'm taking that Thanks, as a compliment boy. because people can play off of what I say. But you were talking about uh, Goldeneye? Or James Bond stuff? Yeah, so... Uh, years ago... Around, like, let's just say a decade ago. Um, Rare was working on a GoldenEye remaster for 360. And they were, like, 95% complete. And now, there was this thing... um, I don't... You guys don't get into emulation or anything much, but, like, uh, when it comes to the 360, progress is being made for the emulator but there's not a lot of like ROM dumps out there or I, I take that back. Progress is very slow on the emulator side, but all the ROM dumps are out there. (laughs) And that's because there was a secret store. There's a story that was written about this a couple years ago, or maybe it was last year. I don't know what is time. Um, there was a secret store that Microsoft ran for Xbox live where like, specifically for live like games that were hosted online if you were a reviewer or a developer you could post it up and then you can download these games for free at any point right mm-hmm. that's how they did review copies uh for one hour a 95 percent complete version of the golden eye remaster was posted Somebody must have got it at some point and then just held on to it for a decade 
but it somewhere somehow finally leaked just this week and like halo anniversary and perfect dark remaster um you can like push a button and see what was changed go from old school to new school <laughs> yeah it's not as drastic as halo is obviously halo um, bad but uh but it is a big jump like i'd put it like the mass effect uh remaster that they're doing in that uh if you were to just play it you'd be like yeah this is exactly what it looked like and then you'd push the button and be like oh no those old maps and those old worlds were real bad yeah but it doesn't look that like it looks like they just up it it doesn't look like they put as much work as they did to it but anyway well go ahead i was gonna say for mass effect if they didn't revamp some of the world maps like the mako maps i will oh, you be meant very those dis- maps. yeah that's what i didn't mean like the in-building maps because some of those actually no, like they, you meant goldeneye they, oh no no i was talking about mass effect and their world maps because those mako maps were so sparse so i'm hoping they they upped upped the end they added something (laughs) put a tree down or something (laughs) one singular tree look i'd be okay (laughs) with that because these these were like planets where you'd be driving for five minutes it's like there's nothing here and then you would just find this like random building compound in the middle of this empty plane Yeah, but there's nothing else. There's no trees. There's no wildlife. There's nothing. No, I remember my brother complaining that he couldn't go on planets in like two and three, and like he was always talking about how great it was to explore in the Mako. And then whenever I finally played Mass Effect One, I was like, "What are you smoking? <laughs> How are you exploring? There's nothing here. Yeah, there's nothing. You got to drive <laughs> so far to get to anything of value, and it's never worth it." But anyway, yeah. for GoldenEye, um, the thing is, is Microsoft commissioned it, Rare made it, and they were pretty much done, but it got tied up in limbo because of rights issues. And goddamn rights, spoiling all of our games. <laughs> that sounds terrible. That I'm sorry. <laughs> in that particular period of time, you had the rights tied up with, like I said earlier, Sony MGM and the Broccoli Estate, you also had EA and Activision. There was also the GoldenEye uh, sequel that EA had done years prior, and then the remake, quote-unquote, GoldenEye Reloaded. Oh, yeah, the game that everybody collectively agreed was bad. Yeah, and like... That one came out on like 360 and Wii, and that had da- a Daniel Craig model because of rights issues. And yeah, it's wild. But the game is out now. If you have a computer that can somehow emulate a 360, you can play it. If you have an actual 360, you can also play it. You'd, I think you'd need to jailbreak it. Um, or you can find a full playthrough of it. A lot of people say it's complete. 
because you can play it start to end. But I say like 95% complete because towards the end, there are some assets that aren't finished. Like they're clearly original assets. Odd job looks like the original odd job. Shit like that. Yeah. And then there's also like uh, uh, various missing sounds and stuff. Just dumb shit like that. Hmm. But the game is fully playable. Start to finish. That's pretty cool. And you can just look at what might have been. Microsoft was trying so hard. Which is rare for them. Yeah. Well, was rare for them. Especially a decade ago. That wasn't even a rare issue. Okay, we've said the word rare enough. Yeah, I wasn't even... This episode is medium rare. Does that mean it's undercooked? No, medium rare is not overcooked. The best way to have a steak. A little on the extra rare side. Mm. Undercooked, as I said. Now Now I'm hungry. I need steak. Undercooked if we're talking about chicken, fish, or pork. Not if we're talking beef. These days, you might want to rethink that. No. Or maybe <laughs> Just. I will do no such thing. I will not accept this blasphemy. Oh, boy. My uh, final thing is that I want to bring up and then I'm done for the night. I don't know how you guys feel. It's been a great conversation. <laughs> I didn't mean for that to sound sarcastic, but I feel like it sounded sarcastic. <laughs> there, there was a little sarcasm there. It's been a there. great <laughs> conversation. I don't want uh, to talk to you anymore. Thanks. <laughs> but uh, the Joy-Con drift issue. Uh, That'll never get fixed. So... So with all the problems that were happening in Europe alone, class action lawsuits have finally opened up in Canada and the United States. It only gets better once Canada and the U.S. get involved. Joking. Maybe. But Nintendo's still been super silent on it, man. It's weird because it's an issue that they know about but they refuse to address. That seems surprisingly shady on their part. It's like, it's getting to the point, I mean, I know that Nintendo does a lot of shady shit, but never with, like, hardware issues. This is the company that does the uh, double-height drop test. Like, they've always cared about their hardware. And yet on this one in particular, it's like they know about the issue. They've known about the issue. And yeah, for the U.S. uh, lawsuit, it was like it's literally been almost four years now that they've been aware that this shit breaks. Hmm. Well, hopefully they'll fucking sort their shit out soon. The closest we got 
was the end of 2019, them being like, hey, we'll replace your Joy-Con. That one will break too, but like, we'll at least give you one free repair. And then 2020 hit and COVID hit, and they were like, we can't do that anymore. <laughs> you all uh, have astounded us with your ability to sit on a couch and play Animal Crossing, so no. <laughs> we're not doing this anymore. But anyway, that seems like a good place to wrap it up for the night. Night, Thanks for listening, everybody.